You're listening to the City Lights Equipping Podcast, where we are helping you identify your next step in exalting Jesus and extending the kingdom of heaven right where you are. If this podcast encourages or challenges you, please leave us feedback on our iTunes channel and share on your social media to help more people discover the very same things that are stirring you in your walk with the Lord. Oh, what's up, podcast listeners? Yo, 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 this yo. your boy, Oh, easy. Oh, the night. Joined by my, my Caucasian is... brother. Whoa, they call me Crazy Chris. They don't call you that. <laughs> no one calls you that. You made they that up. They call me Whiskers. Because this is, I'm curious like a cat. Gross. <laughs> this is uh, the City Lights Equipping Podcast. Where we're uh, taking steps with Jesus together, and I love being here on the podcast with you, Chris. How's life? Uh, life is good, and we happen to be uh, recording from a new location. Oh, today. yeah, we're on the road. We're on the road, which uh, we just went up, when you up call north. Road I think we went up north two flights of stairs. <laughs> we're up in my office today, which is super exciting. Uh, that's what's, yeah. that's what's good. I'll tell you what, the whole basement, the lower level of our offices is under construction. Yeah. We're about to host a bunch of people here for Man. consecration worship nights and we've been building furniture and it's going to be really, really special. I'm ecstatic. I really feel like I'm preparing the temple for the people of God to come and worship in, that, a, in the best way. Thankful for this season. Thankful there's room. Beautiful paintings in here. We do staff worship up here plus Thursday night. Yeah. Prayer up here. It's good. Every single week. And so good times. Have great times. How are you doing, buddy? Doing great. Um, we uh, went to the Greenville Drive game last night okay. with the kiddos and spent a small fortune. So Leo can go to three years of college now and not the fourth <laughs> one since we decided to upgrade to Chick-fil-A. Just make sure he does APs, not AP classes, then yeah. he can do that. Get scholarships uh, did, sports. did Rose sing the national anthem? She did. It Whoa. was so beautiful. I have the video of it. Wow. And it's just good times. That's amazing. So I'm enjoying life, being thankful. Yeah. Um, let's get into our topic today. Our topic is uh, following along with your wonderful, wonderful message on Sunday. I wasn't there. I heard it on podcast. heard great feedback. Um, just about the good shepherd and the contrast mm-hmm. of the two different characters, not the wolf, but the hired hand yeah. and the shepherd. There's yeah. a distinction point there. And as I listened to it on the podcast, I was in Seattle for a really awesome wedding, but I was listening to a podcast on the airplane and I thought to myself, man, like all throughout, there's this real possibility that we could be thinking we're shepherding people, mm-hmm. but actually be more like, you know, hired hands, which is not caring about the sheep, is not taking responsibility for the flock, is mm-hmm. not you know promote, promoting unity. Yeah. And uh, so I just wanted to spend some time, as we do on the Equipping Podcast, to talk about kind of the practical next, next steps and implications about what it actually means to be a shepherd. Let's get into the scripture. I'll read the scripture. Okay. And then we'll just talk a little bit about what you mean by you know hired hand and shepherd, Sounds good. what you see in the scripture. Sounds so good. John 10, if you have it with you, says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay my life down for the sheep and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. For this reason, the father loves me because I laid down my life for the sheep um, and take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. Mm-hmm. So, Chris, take us in here from this scripture, two different characters, hired hand and shepherd. In yeah. your mind, um, what do you mean by hired hand? What do you mean by shepherd? Well, um, 
it's it's a great it's a really interesting thing that Jesus teaches on because he's contrasting himself as the good shepherd and you know this comes on the heels of him saying things like I'm the bread of life I'm living water I'm the light of the world and now he's calling himself the good shepherd so he's really rolling out in subtle ways but very distinct ways as well who he is and who he isn't one of my favorite things about this is what you just mentioned Jesus uses a contrasting figure which is a hired hand which there's nothing wrong with being hired uh, but I think you know, if there's relevancy in the scriptures, which I believe there is, Jesus really hits it clearly for our culture as well. Somebody who's hired to do a job that's really not theirs mm. is not very interested. You know, they're right. not very motivated. They're usually there for the money. And sometimes if the job is unlovely or least amount of work possible, yes. least amount of responsibility. Yeah, because it's I'm not I'm not invested, I don't have stock, I don't care, I just I literally did this for money. That's how Jesus I mean, that's how we think of hired hand in that regard. Same thing, that's what Jesus is saying. So really, if you look at this, um, I think what Jesus is trying to help us see is there is a significant contrast between Jesus being the good shepherd and uh, a hired hand. I think the major thing, though, to talk about today mm -hmm. from this is ultimately, if I can get right to it, I yeah. think that Jesus actually points out our myth and points out our truth to trust right there in the text. So it may sound like I didn't answer your question all the way, but here's the reality. The myth is, I'm not a shepherd. Mm -hmm. The myth is um, that Jesus is a shepherd and I'm a sheep. Right. But he's actually saying, you can be a shepherd like me, or you can be a hired hand that's not like me. Yep. And it's not good to be the kind of hired hand like this. And like, like you mentioned, you might be thinking yourself a shepherd, which is good. That's the truth to trust, actually, is everyone mm -hmm. is a sheep, but you're also a shepherd. Mm. And you mentioned that. Uh, you stated that, um, it, we could be going through the motions and thinking we're doing the good shepherdly thing, and we actually might have distinctives as a as a hired hand, and yep. not even realizing it because we're maybe not as engaged as let's say the good shepherd. So myth, I'm not a shepherd. Hmm. That's just not true in right. Jesus in God's economy. Truth is that every sheep is actually a shepherd as well. Hmm. Yeah, I remember sitting there on the a plane listening to the podcast and hearing that point, that paradigm shift that it's not just I'm always the sheep and Jesus right. is the shepherd. But you talked a little bit about John 21 where it references yeah. Peter having a direct conversation with Jesus where Jesus implies your love for me is the love right. for the flock, for the lambs, for the sheep. If you love me, feed my sheep. If you yeah. love me, feed my lambs. So you're, that paradigm shift of me being part of the flock is also being a shepherd. And one of the things yeah. you sent our congregation I loved on Sunday morning is you said in here – yeah. Maybe sheep up here. I may be a shepherd. I'm going to step down in a moment. We're all going to be equal shepherds in that way. That's right. And then ultimately, when we leave these doors, for the most part, we're going to spend a lot of our life being shepherds. That's right. Yeah. I think that's a huge distinction. I didn't plan on saying that on Sunday. It when I was because I listen to myself teach while I'm teaching. I'm I am learning things as I go because I believe that's what the Holy Spirit does, at least for my process. And that was a big moment for me. Sincerely, I literally looked at everybody and just thought, "You are sheep right now," and I'm. Uh, I've given, I've been given the responsibility, the, um, I've been entrusted the authority to be teaching. So I'm, I've been asked to be a shepherd in that moment. And yet I realize they're sheep right now and that's good. But when we walk out the doors, we're all shepherds in that regard, which is significant and podcast listener, maybe, mm. maybe you're listening and you hear the word shepherd and you're like, Oh, that's a leader. That's a person on staff. That's a, uh, right. you know, mm -hmm. higher up. That's a CEO or at least a upper management. Let me just clarify two passages from um, Paul. Romans 15 says this, We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please mm. ourselves. Let each of us 
please his neighbor for his good to build him up. You might hear that and go, Chris, you just proved my point. I'm not strong. Well, here's the reality. The failings of the weak is actually described in Paul. I've studied this passage, and what Paul's saying is the failings of the weak is when the enemy is pulling at people and distracting them and discouraging them, we who are strong, meaning if you can see it and you can say something to that person, you can do something, you might not have all the solutions, but a shepherd, one of the great things a shepherd does is they just don't leave. They're right mm-hmm. there. They're just mm-hmm. present. Mm-hmm. You know, and when there's more than one person gathered, we know in the scriptures where two or more gathered, God's there. But and I don't mean that in a trite way or just like a, a, a pad scripture. But really, there's power in presence. You mm-hmm. know, when I'm when you're by yourself, when you need to be by yourself, that can be good. But when I'm just around, you know, you Available. as my friend or somebody, mm-hmm. sometimes it's like I know when people experience someone who um, passed away. I spend a good amount of my time saying nothing, right? Just being real close to them in proximity, you know, patting their back, bringing them a simple thing like water or something yeah. to eat. I mean, it's simple to do. So I, what Paul's saying is this: you are strong if you can see that somebody has a need. You're already strong because you have eyes to see. The second thing I want to draw attention to before we continue to try to better understand who we are as a hired hand or as a shepherd is 2 Corinthians 3, um, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 3 through 4. It's one of my favorite passages about us actually being shepherds. It says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and God of all comfort. So blessed be God. He can comfort everybody. He's he's the one. Listen to verse 4. Who comforts us in our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction. Mm. And there we go. With the very comfort with we ourselves received from God. So maybe, oh, I'm going through so much stuff. There's no way I could help people. Well, did you find encouragement? Did you learn something while you've been, I'm still struggling. Have you learned something? Well, yeah, I've I've realized I can't depend on myself. Or I, I realized I was listening to this too much. Or like, okay, now other people who are struggling with that very thing. Yeah. Why don't you go in? The, well, but, I, but I'm still a mess. So are they, go, yeah. you know, but go be, go be messy together. You know, that's something about a shepherd. If you're waiting to be perfect, you're waiting to look like somebody who shepherded you, you might have a comparison trap. Hmm. We're all messy mm-hmm. and we're still sheep, you know, mm-hmm. we're not walking around arrived. We're walking around humble. Yep. So shepherds are available. I hear you saying shepherd, yes. shepherds recognize the weaknesses of others in yes. order that we may cover. Yeah. Shepherds take time. I hear you saying the oh, process sure. of shepherding isn't necessarily knowing the right thing to do in every single moment, but adding the moments together and investing it in people over time uh, is a, is a great, divine That's thing. a great summary, yes. Um, let's talk through just a couple of the practicals, um, and, and we organize this ahead of time, of course, in our conversation of things we see in the Scripture having to do with the juxtaposition of a hired hand mentality mm-hmm. versus a shepherd mentality. See, both of them are caring for sheep, for sure. They're both in front of the sheep. Right. The question really is, is, why are they and how do they respond when the circumstances change regarding the flock or the sheep? So the first thing I want to talk about today and just kind of flesh this out with me yeah. is what what do you think it means when Jesus says um, that the hired hand runs from danger? The hired hand, when the wolf comes, he runs from danger. Practically speaking, what does that look like in our lives when the hired hand of the church or hired hands of the flock, you know, they flee from danger? Uh, versus the shepherd that lays down life. What does that mean in an everyday 2017? Yeah, well, it's a great question. And podcast listener, by the way, you know, you have you have some options here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> am I a shepherd? Am I a hired hand? Or am I a wolf? Okay, so just in case you're like, <laughs> Let's not go for the last just in one, case right? you're thinking, well, I'm not a shepherd. Like, okay, well then you're the wolf, right? <laughs> because that's exactly that's a great I mean, point. so I, none of us are meant to be hired hands in that regard. Right. And, and so I know you might feel like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. That's not an option. Like yeah. God doesn't, God, Jesus isn't saying, hey, there can be successful hired hands. So just, just as you listen and us process, yeah. just realize there's not a, 
a third box for you to go like, hey, there must be another option for me. Can't I be a sheep longer? Like, yeah. no, if you're a sheep longer, the wolf probably already got you. Right. So it's a little humorous, but I'm totally serious. Yeah. Yeah. So I, one of the, my favorite things that Jesus said in John 10 was that I am the good shepherd and I lay my, down, my life down for my sheep. Mm-hmm. One of the most clear indicators that you are truly a good shepherd is that you're not only willing to lay down your life, but you are currently laying down your life. Wow. So all that you do, That's a big point. so like when they go, when, when the shepherd would bring the sheep out for pasture to eat, he would be laying down his life by keeping his head up and watching and listening to where the sheep were and seeing if any were wandering. And then at nighttime, when he'd lead him into the sheepfold, he was literally a door laying his physical life down, but keeping an eye open for wolves that could come in and attack. Right. So a, she, a, a shepherd sincerely is constantly considering the needs of those around he or her, um, him or herself all the time. A hired hand in contrast is really never looking out for anybody but themselves. Mm. And you'll know you're a hired hand in this regard. If you continue to talk about yourself, complain about yourself, Mm. see your deficits, see your goals and try to navigate how, what, you know, the least you can do to get where you can get or the most you can get from the people who are giving it out. The good shepherd literally lays everything down and doesn't consider anything for himself except the watching over the sheep. Yeah, I, I mean, I think about, obviously, when Jesus says the definition of love is when a brother lays down his life for another person. Mm-hmm. So in some ways, we could even register and calculate love through the lens of pain or cost or sacrifice. In other yeah. words, he might, you might you know, uh, infer, therefore, indirectly that love starts at sacrifice or love starts at the place you know, of cost. And so, um, yeah. you know, I, I think of, um, people like I've heard the statement before, I'm sure you heard it before that hurt people hurt people. Yeah. Um, and then oftentimes, or maybe you put it in this way in our context, we care for sheep, sheep are messy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think absolutely. When I think about hired hands, um, that I, when I'm acting like a hired hand or living in that mentality or someone alongside of me that's doing that, usually when the pain hits or when the cost gets too high or when it's not about me or when it starts to become difficult, mm-hmm. then, then love becomes an option rather than something that I'm, you know, bought into and can and convicted of. Well, what you just said there, I mean, what is it, fight or flight idea? Yeah. I mean, they literally, the, Jesus literally says, when a hired hand sees danger, this hired hand flees. Right. <laughs> and when a shepherd sees danger, they're, you know, the first responder running in, right. not considering their own lives. And right. Jesus, listen, Jesus considered his own life. So does a shepherd. So do I. I like, you know, you've been using the language when we've been talking about this, like a word like promotion. Mm. You know, sometimes we want to get a hired hand. We're, we're doing hired hand job, but like once I get to a different place, uh, once I get promoted in the field I want, then, you know, then I'll be a different kind of person. Well, the kind of person you are in the menial task will be the kind of person probably that you are when you're at the top. But I want to say this. Mm. If, if you're listening to podcasts and you're the leader of an organization, a boss or a head manager... It's not easier mm-hmm. <laughs> leading people, loving people, and laying your life down. It's it's more challenging at every level. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not saying be careful what you wish for, but I feel like, and Jim Collins' book, Good to Great, said this, the top companies yeah. in the world had a, hum- a humility was the difference of a level five company and a level four. Right. And it was the, the, the top level leader was a servant, sure. not a demanding dictator. And yeah. that made the difference of the greatest companies in the world. So yeah. same thing for us as we're shepherding, it would be that same thing. So a good shepherd or a good CEO or leader 
actually runs into the fight to save, protect, and care. He doesn't go like, I'm a boss, I don't have to do that, and flees. So a podcast listener, who's someone that may be difficult to love, somebody that loving them would maybe cost something or uh, mm. induce some pain or some sacrifice, somebody that was easy is easy to forget or easy not to serve because they don't necessarily promote us or our mutual agenda. So yeah. who's, who's that person maybe that God would be stirring, stirring for you? That could be a, a good next step. Yeah. The next thing we'd want to talk about is the passage that, that talks about the shepherd cares for the sheep, whereas the opposite of that implied would be that the hired hand, as we've been discussing, shirks responsibility or mm-hmm. runs from the responsibility of the sheep. That's not my problem. That's not my issue. That's somebody else's mm-hmm. deal. And mm-hmm. so I don't need to take responsibility. Talk to me about what happens when the shepherd steps into their identity, as we as shepherds step into identity and responsibility. What does that mean? Yeah, I I think the good shepherd is literally the epitome of the opposite of Cain and Abel, Mm. where the brothers ask, you know, where's your brother? And he says, what am I, a brother's keeper? And the answer ultimately is for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Not that, you know, not that we, uh, we never want to enable someone Mm -hmm. and we never want to make excuses or be a crutch. However, you know, it's like the good Samaritan when you see somebody in need, like who, who's that person's neighbor? I am. You are. If I see somebody in need, who's to help them? If you have eyes to see, it's that person's for you. So when you just mentioned that the reality of higher hand thinks that's not my problem or that's not my ethnic background, that's Mm. not my culture, that's not my, I'm not on the clock right now or I just finished that or, oh, I just finished serving. Do I have to do more? Listen, all of that is a reflection of turning in. Listen, I I hope I'm not coming across condemning to anyone on on listening today. I'm able to talk about this well because I've been there. And I'm able to talk about it plainly because I've been there and it it disgusted me. I realized I was consistently living for me. And that's really the epitome. Jesus lived for others and hired hands really are just always, it seems everything comes back to them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you're trying to shrug responsibility or minimize responsibility or fast track through things, mm-hmm. these are all evidences that you're living out a hired hand mentality. And your prob- I'm, my guess is not so much maybe you might be lazy, but I bet you're just wanting to get somewhere else. And you just right. think I'd be better if or maybe right. this job or this thing or this person is beneath me. If everyone would just notice me, then I would. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, this it's just wild. I mean, Jesus had a profession we believe and it was just a a common profession that his dad did and so nothing was beneath jesus not washing feet not being willing to take stones for a woman caught in adultery nothing was below jesus as a good shepherd or for us as shepherds a hired hand just about everything is below them and they don't feel responsible for it they don't own it you know owning in a good way you know owning it a positive way like you own your kids it's not just a court thing but like you're going to care for them, provide for them, because they are yours. One of the things that uh, has hits home for me in this conversation, Chris, is is I remember as a young man, I think I, think I was 21 when Kyra and I got married, and then we had Rose at 22, a lot of the responsibilities that I had shirked or tried to graduate or expedite through as a teenager came back to me oh. as a married person, right? <laughs> yes, and absolutely. So, and so in some ways, I was 21 a huge as, a, as a physical human being, but then wow. I was four as a, a responsible <laughs> human being. And so then I, so I oh, think that was man. a big, we call it Kairos moment or, or kind of God speaking moments where I realized, oh, wow, none of that stuff that I tried to run away from at, at home or the pains that I thought were part of my, quote, dysfunctional family that I, that I ever truly escaped, actually yeah. in marriage, it, it hit me finally, oh, absolutely. wow, you can't graduate from responsibility. It's going to be waiting for you at the next stage and yes. next step of life. Yes. And so I think the truth to trust 
in the mini series of this kind of like yeah. sub point is is responsibility is a good thing and it's something right. that God that's, wants that's us good. to partner mm. with Him and we're actually missing opportunities to grow with Him, mm. grow in character in and of ourselves mm. if we shirk those responsibilities. Simple things like cutting the lawn and taking care of bills and um, communicating well and growing mm-hmm. as a human being. Those are all good things that God wants us to to mm-hmm. give. He wants to give to us, not take from us when He offers us opportunities for responsibility. We'll go to this last point here. The hired hand fails um, to really fight for unity. We saw the Mm, shepherd. mm -hmm. One of the residual impacts of a shepherd's voice is he draws the flock, both in the fold and those that are to come, into a fold of unity. And we know that the hired hand really doesn't care about unity because, again, they actually kind of just care about themselves. themselves. So what do you think it would look like in today's context (laughs) for our everyday life? Not the pastor or the leader, business leader, but just everyday people when we're talking about the idea of, okay, the shepherd's voice, even though it's a high cost, values unity. Yeah. What do you think that looks like for us? That's a that's an athlete like Tom Brady deciding he wants to be the best quarterback in the world without playing with anybody else. Right. <laughs> that is uh, a father in a home deciding my way or the highway all the time and is not trying to hear or listen to anybody else or love their wife in an understanding way. To, to bring unity means it's the same trend. It's sacrifice. It's listening. It's understanding. You know, when I thought about Jesus talking about how he's going to make one flock, uh, there'll be one shepherd and one flock, I was thinking about how the hired hand is such a divided person mm-hmm. with within the context of its audience. Mm-hmm. And a divided, I mean, I just remember Jesus talking about a divided house can never stand, ever. It'll, it'll just fall apart. There has to be unity. And so, again, one of the symptoms is if there's disunity all around you or in your relationships, there, again, it's probably a symptom that you're about self. Mm-hmm. And this is not, listen, if you're hearing this today and you're feeling convicted or you don't want to believe it's true, just embrace it. Just, just be exposed. Let the light shine on you and go, wow, I think I am a self-centered mess. And mm-hmm. you know what? That's one of the best expressions of humility and becoming alive. So divide a house can't stand. A shepherd doesn't only bring unity, but fights for the unity. And that's what ties up to the other ones. He has responsibility, and he lays down his life, he or she. Why? Because they believe that unity is best. I mean, really, a shepherd's protecting the community for the sheep. Right. It's not even so much in his own best interest, but he wants the sheep to be together and do life together, if I can take the illustration that far. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to highlight one of the words you mentioned in the second or first point. I think you used the word enable. I think we can, yeah. we could potentially run the risk as a shepherd to be an enabler. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the, in, the, in the way that we are caring and empathizing with people in their pain and struggle and not trying to rush people through things, I think that's very shepherding, very loving, but ultimately realize the goal is not for people to listen to us, the goal is for people to hear the shepherd's That's voice, huge. to be the Great to hear point. God and be hear the Father. And the and Great again, point. the residual fact, the residual uh, outcome of hearing the Father's voice, as it says explicitly in Scripture, is unity. And so, uh, maybe the question is. Am I being such a shepherd that I'm protecting people from wolves, but I'm also protecting them from the Father who wants to speak to them about maybe a tough decision that they need to make in life? So the ultimate goal should be unity. It should be people grow in affection for me as a shepherd and and trust trust for me and following what I'm having to say, but also I want to help them grow in trust for the flock, to love Jesus, Mm -hmm. to love the bride, to love his church and so forth, however flawed, flawed it is. Yeah, I think so, that point you make, and I know we're about to close up podcast listener for today's session, but that point, um, you know, if you're shepherding somebody and they literally are just drawn to you all the time and are impressed by you, right? Y- you may have become the Jesus character in a bad way. Um, <laughs> right. and so like, Hey, I'm, I'm not the hired hand. I'm not the wolf. I'm Jesus. Like, yeah, we're, we're always, I know for me practically, whenever I am shepherding somebody and usually shepherding, by the way, 
isn't easy stuff. So yep. it's not like, oh, I want to be a shepherd. Like that's, you're getting in the trenches. You're caring for the afflicted. You're caring with those who are weak. I know that when I'm doing that, I am in my heart and mind, I'm constantly saying, God, please shepherd me in this. Please shepherd me in this. And I, I hope that everything I do is an extension. If someone said, why did you say that? Why did you do that? I, I could point back and go, because that's how God's shepherding my heart right yep. now. Or that's what he told me. Or that's what he did in my life when. So, uh, podcast listener, as you process through our conversation today on John 10, uh, what's your personal next step? What's the Holy Spirit saying to you? Is it a person to pursue? Somebody that's hard to love? Uh, maybe you just need to pursue them a little bit more. That The Holy Spirit was giving you a grace to talk to them in ways that maybe you have felt the door has been closed. So maybe next step looks like having a new conversation with them, asking for forgiveness, carving out time with them, um, initiating, pursuing that relationship the way that a good shepherd would. What if it's a task to take on? Maybe um, a responsibility that you've been running from or um, a corner that you've been cutting at work. Maybe we, you know, trusting in God's voice looks like understanding that he's, he always gives, he never takes away, takes away good things. And so maybe those responsibilities are opportunities to know his heart better and to grow in unity with him. Um, the last one is having to do with unity. Is the person that you're shepherding or the person that you're caring for equally learning to be shepherded by the overall flock, mm -hmm. the church of God, which ultimately is the goal? Are you maybe mentoring somebody that their next step really just needs to be to find community, not only leadership, but brothers and sisters do life with among, beside, not just following somebody on a one-on-one, -on -one, mm -hmm. uh, follow me as I follow Jesus basis. So what's God saying to you in, in your next step with him? Um, uh, we are praying for you. We are so appreciative of you guys joining us today at the Quipping Podcast. Any last remarks from you, Chris? I would just say, hey, be careful. Uh, you know, you don't want to go to the other extreme and you just try to be a shepherd and do great things and grade yourself, whether you're passing or failing as a shepherd. Listen, there is only one shepherd and his name is Jesus and he loves you and he protects you, and he guides you, and he's laid his life down for you so that your relationship is intact with him. So don't ever go be a shepherd. Mm. Walk with the shepherd. Amen. And just enjoy that light burden, that easy yoke, easy yoke, light burden, and have a wonderful day today, podcast listener. Thanks for hanging out with us. That's all for now. See you Adios. Next week. Bye, bye.